This is the second week of our series, uh, Heart for the House. And we are going to dive into this. I'm going to preach a short message today. Um, and then we're going to go back into a few songs of worship to connect with the Lord and to have some moments of just unhurried time. But there's a repeated principle found throughout Scripture, and we call it the principle of first. The principle of first. And so today, this is the title of my message. And if you want to, you can turn in your Bibles or go to Exodus chapter 13. The question I ask you today is God first, really? Is he first in your life? When God is first in your life, everything comes into order. Notice I did not tell you that everything will be peachy, everything will be perfect, but when God is first, everything else lines up. Regardless of the circumstances we're dealt, regardless of the world we live in, because we're not guaranteed smooth sailing, no one is. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you're going to have challenges and problems and trials in this life, but with God's help, we can overcome All those things, if we allow him to be first, amen, when God isn't first, we, our lives are prone to chaos and disorder. I've met many people like that who their whole life is out of balance simply because they've refused to put God first. So what does it look like to put God first? We talk about three T's and we've done so recently The three T's in your life are your time, your talent, and your treasure. What are you good at? God wants to use that. How much time do you have? God wants to use that. How much treasure do you have? God wants to use that. So what does it look like to put God first? Here's what it looks like. Praying before every big decision. We've said before, we're not talking about standing in front of the open door fridge and saying, God, should I have orange juice or apple juice today? God's not interested in that, but he is interested in the house you buy and the place you live and the school you send your children to and the career change and all of those things. So when I say pray first, I don't mean, God, I pray that you would give me wisdom. Okay, yes, I agree. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about soaking your decisions in prayer. That's what it looks like to put God first. The next way that we can put God first or demonstrate that is to prioritize our life, not around God, but with God in the top spot. So prioritizing your life with God first. Here's two other ways you can put God first. By serving in your church regularly. I don't care if you're visiting today and you're going back to Timbuktu. When you get there to that church, serve God in that church. When you set aside some time to serve others and to do so because God is drawing you to do so, then you will reap benefits in your life more so than just blessings. I don't know if you caught that. You might need to rewind that. There are benefits to your life when you serve and when you say yes. 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 Come on. Amen. And this, the, the last way, this, the fourth way total, uh, we've gone through four. This fourth one is this. Tithing puts God first. 
And really, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today, the principle of first as it regards finance and money. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast is mine. Jump down to verse 11 and 12. It says, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers and shall give it to you, you shall set apart for the Lord to the Lord all that opens the womb. All the firstborn of your animals that are males shall be the Lord's. The next verse continues to give more definition and description about what the Lord is requiring. Here's point number one. The first belongs to God. The first belongs to God. I find this interesting that Jesus is called the firstborn among many brothers. According to Romans chapter 8, Paul is writing to the church, those who have come to faith in Christ, and he is telling them that Jesus Christ is the firstborn of many brothers. So God himself, I want you to understand this, practices the principle of first. God gave Jesus first, and I could say it like this, in faith. Because he knows not everyone will receive that gift of his son, but he gave it anyway. Amen? It may sound a little bit odd to you, but Jesus is God's tithe. He is the first. So we'll talk about what tithe really means in just a second. But the reason why I say that Jesus is God's tithe is because God gave him first. He didn't wait to see the results come in and then make a decision. He didn't wait to see if you would clean up or straighten up your life before he made this offering for you. Amen. He gave the first as a sacrifice for each one of us. Romans 5, 8 says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means you didn't earn it. It was a gift. Amen. God didn't tell the Israelites to wait until you have 10 sheep and then pick one and give that one to me. Because if that was the case, you would pick the one that keeps getting in your garden and eating all the vegetables and all that stuff. You'd give away the one that you didn't want. I want you to think about this in the context of the agricultural life that they were living at this time. If you had to give away the first, do you know what that really means? You had no guarantee that the second was coming. Sheep take five months to gestate before they give birth. Five months. And if I'm giving away my first little lammy to God and bringing him to God, I have no guarantee that they'll mate again, that there'll be another birth or anything. So I've got to give in faith. You give the first even before you have the rest. Somebody needs to get this this morning. It takes faith to give the first before you have any more. In today's language, when we say we understand the principle of first, this means we won't be paying our bills and then seeing if we have enough to tithe. It takes faith 
to give the first portion. And I'm telling you, church, I mentioned it during the the giving uh, moment just a few moments ago, that obedience in faith enacts the blessing of God. God does not bless that which does not obey. I'm preaching. (laughs) Okay. God doesn't bless that which is not obedient to him. Why would you be obedient to him unless you were a son or a daughter who loved him and understood what it meant? So in obedience in faith enacts the blessing and the favor of God. There are many people, you've been guilty, I've been guilty of living our life the own way that we want to, our own customized plan, and then saying, God, would you please bless this? And you've seen the results of that in your own life. But I'm telling you, church, that when you obey God, when you step out in faith, when you put him in the first position, even though you have nothing else, when you do that, the favor of God rests on you. Think about this. When the children of Israel went to the promised land, God said, bring me all the silver and all the gold from Jericho into the house of God. And I've shared this before. Why didn't he say just 10% of what happens in Jericho? And you might be wondering and say, wait, why, what does Jericho have to do? Jericho is the first city in the promised land. And God demanded and said to the people, don't just bring me 10% of this first. Bring all of it to the house of God. Bring it to me. So Jericho was the first city to be conquered. And God said, give all of that first to me. Tithe means 10%. So it's about putting God first. And we do so in our finances. But I would challenge you. You might sit there today and say, Pastor, I do tithe. I'm so thankful. I celebrated this last week. I opened up my giving statement. I celebrated all that the Lord blessed me with, that I blessed the church with in 2019. But here's another deeper question. Am I tithing my time? Am I tithing my talent? Am I serving? Am I, am I going in that direction? Because when I set apart the first part, that means it's the most important. You want to see your marriage transformed? Put God first. You want to see his, his blessing in your career and your choices? Then put him first in those decisions. You want to see your finances blessed? Then see him as first and make sure that you are tithing. I don't say this and pre- you sh- I hope you know my heart. Some of you don't because you're first time or you've just been here with us for a few weeks. But I'm telling you, this message is not to drum up a bigger offering. Because I don't care. <laughs> if I cared, I wouldn't have stayed. Come on, somebody. When times get tough, people just tuck tail and run. But here's the deal. God always, always provides. He provides for his kids and for those who are obedient to him. So I don't say that today like a TV preacher to guilt you into adding a zero to the check that you write. I'm telling you this because it's helpful and because it will change your life if you just simply obey. 
Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. Therefore, do not be anxious and say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? But I'm glad you considered that question before you got to church today. Okay, verse 32. For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to tell you something, church, that the American church is guilty of giving God their leftovers. It's the absolute truth. We're guilty of that. But it clearly says seek first. And I feel like, because I was raised in church, my parents are in ministry to this day. The joke is mom barely took a Sunday off to have me on a Monday morning early. Like it's, I've, it's in me. And I've read this verse maybe hundreds of times. I memorized it as a child. And do you know what happens in my brain? Even though I say the word first, it doesn't really strike me. I think, seek God. Seek God. But we've got to pay attention. We've got to seek him first. Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. So let's be clear about something. The tithe is not legalism. It's, it's absolutely not legalistic. It's proven in the Old Testament. And don't you tell me it's not in the New Testament. Because Jesus very clearly told people that they should also. He said you should tithe and also love your neighbor and do these things. It's about your heart. And the first, first portion redeems the rest all the rest after the first was given was redeemed by that first thing that was given so the first portion is that which is redemptive this is true all throughout scripture every time you see it we've got to put god first when he's not first listen to me i know it sounds funny because i've quoted ricky bobby before and you're gonna laugh but i'm telling you the truth if he's not first He is last. That's the way it works. So we've got to honor him in our career, in our relationships, in our finances. The second thing is this. The first must be offered. I need you to think about that for just a moment. Because your will is what directs your life. So the first must be offered. It must be given willingly or willfully. Look at what Proverbs 3 verse 9 says. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Exodus 23 verse 19. The first of the first fruits of your land shall you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Notice there that the Bible uses the word bring instead of give because you don't give your tithe. It doesn't belong to you. I got one amen. More amens and we'll go fast. Okay, (laughs) let's try that one more time. You can't give something that doesn't belong to you. You're bringing it back to God. 
This is powerful if you get it. And I'm telling you this. God is sick and tired all throughout scripture of being tested. His patience is tested over and over again because of the disobedience of the children who are there. And all of the stuff, the murmuring, the gossip, all of these things. He's tired of it. But he says in one place in scripture, put me to the test and I will prove myself. And he talks about it in regards to our giving. You can only bring it to God's house. You can't direct it. You can't designate it. I've dealt with people who had little and people who had lot, who had a lot. And I've dealt with different attitudes that I've come across throughout my ministry time. And people say, well, I want to give this as my tithe. And this is what I want it to go to. We could do a whole class about really what that means. But what it means is it's kind of like you getting baptized and holding your wallet out of the water and saying, God, you can have everything but this. That's what it is. So we've got to really understand that you don't get to direct it or designate it. I thank God our church isn't like that. We don't have any recent issues when it comes to this kind of thing. But you can't divide it between different programs or ministries. You can't tell it what to do. It's not yours. According to scripture, you have two choices when it comes to the tithe. You can either steal it or you can bring it. You can give it to God. You can bring it back to God or you can steal it. That's the only two options. And I wonder the situations that we've dealt with in the history of our lives that have to do with God trying to get our attention because we've stolen from him. The first must be offered. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter four. Verse three through five. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. I want you to key in on that first phrase. When enough time passed. Now verse four. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard or loved or liked the offering that Abel had given. But verse five, it says, but for Cain and his offering, he had no like. It was distasteful in God's eyes. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. That means that he was rejected by God in the moment of giving his gift. So why did God accept Abel's offering but not Cain's? Because Cain's was brought in the course of time and it wasn't first fruits, but Abel's was the firstborn. I can even understand Cain looking at all of the vegetables and the fruits that he had and picking out the best of the best from the bunch. But that's not what God said. God said, give me the first that comes into bloom off of those plants and trees. You give me the first. And Abel brought the very first. What faith it must have taken For a man like Abel to have had the firstborn lamb and bring that as his sacrifice. God refused Cain's because it wasn't first. This is 2,500 years before the law is given. I want you to think about that because that shows me that the principle of first is a principle of the kingdom of God that is eternal. 
It happened before the law, and it even happens now after the law. And the third and final point is this. The tithe must be first. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says this, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, of the fruit of the trees, it is the Lord's, and it's holy to the Lord. What does the word holy mean? How can a vegetable be holy? We're not thinking in the right way if we're confused about that. Being holy means separated and set apart. It doesn't mean without sin in this context. I want you to get that. So when it says that the vegetables or the fruits were holy to the Lord, it's talking about being separated. So here's the deal. If I paid you, Mandy, $10 to do a job, how much is the tithe? $1. That's correct. Everybody who can math well, you know that, okay? $1. The bigger question is this. If I give her 10 single dollar bills, which one of those is the tithe? The first one that she gets, the first one she receives, and I'm not telling you that you got to go to the bank, cash out your paycheck, and the first dollars that they give, okay, I'm putting this in a golden sealed envelope and bringing it to church. That's not the point. The point is this, for you to understand, it's the first that is received to you, and it's the first that should leave your hand and be put back into the hand of God. Can I say it another way? God doesn't want your leftovers and he won't accept them. Malachi chapter 3, God says this, You've brought me the blind and the lame animals, and you've robbed me of the first, and I am tired of it. I will not accept it. Because that's exactly what human nature would do. Go through the whole pasture and pick out the gimp leg one and the blind one and the one that keeps running into the walls. Okay, let's get rid of you and bring him to the, to the house of God. And God is sitting there thinking, why? Why would you do this? Can I just say it speaks to us honoring God in that priority place in our life? When we give the first, instead of choosing which one to give, it shows that we are honoring him. Exodus 13, 14, and 15 says this, And when in time to come, now just think, okay, the name of the book I'm reading from is Exodus. We've talked a little bit about the people of Israel, how they exited and left Egypt and became a people and a nation. So now in chapter 13, when in time to come, your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord our God brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. For when Pharaoh stubbornly refused, I want you to hear that, disobeyed, did not allow, okay? He stubbornly refused to let us go. The Lord then killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of animals. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males that first opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So the instance or the example that's given here is that if we are like Pharaoh and we refuse to put God first and to honor him in that place, then you will actually have less than what you started with. God's math is not like our math. 
Me living on my 90% gets me further in this life. I can promise you because I'm 38 years old and I've lived to tell many tales, true stories of what God has done in my short life so far. That God can do more in your life like he has in mine with the 90% that's mine to keep than he can when I keep 100% of it and don't put him first. Amen? Amen. So the Bible essentially in this passage in Exodus is saying, when your son asks you, Daddy, why are we doing this? You're able to sit down with him and say, you know, there's something that you might not know about our family. We used to be slaves, but now we're free. If you've been set free, then the God who set you free deserves the first. Man. It's a, it's a good message. We can't truly possess a heart for the house without a heart for the owner. I want you to think about that phrase, about that statement this morning. We've been talking about having a heart for the house. And over the next several weeks, we'll still be talking through this series. But I really felt like it was important for us to make sure that we honored the principle of first that we see in Scripture. And the thought just grips me that we can't actually ever have a heart for God's people, a heart for God's house, a heart for the things that God has a heart for, if we don't possess a heart for the owner. And he demands the first. He deserves the first. And so we believe that obedience to this principle can change your life and bless you in ways that you never even imagined. We don't give to receive. We give to obey. And that's not always easy. I want you to stand with me this morning. And I want you to take a moment like we do in almost every one of our weekend services. And I want want you verbally to whisper a prayer out loud. You don't have to shout. doesn't have to sound perfect. I'll even give you the words, but put your heart behind it and just simply say this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? If you are here today and you're one of the obedient ones and you tithe, this message was not about you giving more to this church this year. This message could be about something completely different. The principle of first Is God really first? I want you to take a moment while we start to sing these next few songs and make a commitment right where you are and say, God, that thing that I've thought about during this message today that I know you're not first position in, I'm committing to you today to make a change. And today is a brand new day because I am going to honor you by putting you first. First in my finance, first in my family, first in my career, first in my relocation or my choices, whatever it may be. But maybe you're here today and you've not put God first in your life ever. You can do that today. It's so simple and so easy. It's a gift that God gives to us as salvation that we with faith believe on his son, accept the sacrifice that he made for us and live a brand new life that is spirit empowered, Holy Spirit enabled 
So if that's you and you say, you know, pastor, I am not one of those who has given my life to the Lord. I've not put him first in my life, period. Then I want you to come and receive prayer today. I want you to just understand to your left in this room where we receive communion, that's also our prayer station. And I'm going to be there while the worship team sings for a few moments. If you need prayer for any reason today, maybe it's regarding the message and something that you feel like the Lord is tugging in your heart. Maybe it's something that you're dealing with at home or a family member needs healing. Whatever it is, we'd love to pray for you. So if you would just step out as they begin to sing and receive prayer.